Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Chase. And if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life, then this is the show for you. Hello, Revolution family. We are back. I believe this episode is coming out on Halloween, right? Somewhere around there. I th- no, because Halloween is a two. We're sorry, guys. We're recording this a little bit early, but Halloween is a Tuesday this October thirty first. You're right. Dude. So this episode is coming out on Halloween, Quinn. When this episode comes out, you'll be in Austria. Um, we'll have to get some updates from you, which will be lovely. But I, oh, go ahead. I actually so I was at um, a brother's baptism, right? Yeah, and I was talking to the youth person there, and they have this. Austrian it comes it's around Christmas yeah um but they have this Austrian holiday and it's like two or three weeks and the way she described it to me was um it's like these people dressed up as like demons or whatnot Wait, what? and they just chase people around the town that sounds terrifying so like it please start- lock your door and don't do that to anybody <laughs> no I actually want to like run run around the town with these like because people like full-on dress up they have like like cloaks and like stuff hanging from it. What? By the end of like the three weeks. And they chase people? Yeah. Why? They're not. Is it, it fun? It's just a holiday. For, who is it fun for? Not for the person being chased unless you're weird. No. Maybe you like running. I don't know. Dude, it it sounds whack. Ugh. But I, if it starts off like kids in just little costumes and whatnot, and then that's kind of cute. Oh, you should chase a child and just like, <laughs> like football kick it, like get, like punt the kid like halfway across the town. That'd be awesome. <laughs> like every, like everybody just kind of running. You're like, oh, it's a little kids. And then this parent sees just Quinn like bursting from an alleyway, just absolutely demolishes their child. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh man. And then it just gets worse over the week, over the weeks. Oh my word. And they just have like- That's in December or on Christmas time? Or yeah, December, December, November. I don't really remember. It's like, I I don't even know. Mm. I was going to say something, but then I realized that's not even close to <laughs> what it okay. is. <laughs> um, cool. Um, well, today in the spirit of Halloween, funny, um, we are releasing an episode on spiritual warfare. I don't think we've actually come up with the title yet, but we will at some point. Yeah. Um, but this episode is just gonna be about spiritual warfare. Um, spiritual warfare, I think is a term that's thrown around a lot in the church. Um, mm-hmm. if you haven't heard it, I'm so sorry. Um, and maybe you have, and you don't really know what it means. Uh, cause I find for myself and with a lot of people I talk with, um, when we get on spiritual warfare, everybody has a lot to say about it, but most people don't know anything about it. Um, so it is one of those kind of, uh, I, I mean, Christianese, uh, terms that, um, we all know a lot of the talking points around, um, but we don't act like we don't actually know what we mean when we say a lot of it. We don't know what spiritual warfare is. Uh, we don't know precisely how it plays into our lives, all these different things. So if you are interested in learning a bit more about that, learning our thoughts, learning about this thing that I, like is very, very important for the Christian life. Uh, we are going to be getting into that in our episode today on spiritual warfare. And so Quinn, is it okay if I just toss this to you right off the bat and ask you like, what are we even talking about? What is spiritual warfare? Yeah. I mean, also keep in mind, we might still, we will probably use Christianese words in oh, this episode. unavoidable. I mean, um, like penal substitutionary atonement it's out there um so like what can you do um i mean yeah i I incarnational sonship or eternal sonship quinn right tell me it's it it is tell me which one go uh it's important i'm i'm sure it is i just haven't looked into it yet all good i mean 
don't sometimes s- just don't end up saying incarnational. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes Chase just says words, and I'm like, I don't, I don't just know. Just for fun, just to just to see what happens after. And, and sometimes, actually, I was reading my Bible er- earlier out loud, and I was like, I don't know what this word means, so I just skipped over it. And <laughs> I won't repeat the joke I made because it was no. really terrible. But <laughs> Dude, okay. we should. Okay. Anyways, let's let's get into the episode. Quinn, what is spiritual warfare? Yes. Oh man, we. Do you want me to? Yeah, just what if, for a little yeah, yeah, bit. just because I don't toss it to you. Yeah. So yeah, so like so an example. So when we say the word warfare, um, one side battling against another force over something, right? So with the example of Ukraine and Russia, one side is Ukraine, the other side is Russia, and they're battling over something, territory, resources, whatever it is, right? right? Like that warfare is two sides fighting over something. That's what we mean when we use the word warfare. Yeah. So when we're talking about spiritual warfare in the Christian life, I think one of the first things we need to ask is like, there's there's three kind of uh, empty slots that we need to fill in, right? There's yeah. We need to find out who the one side is, then we need to find out who the other side is, and then we need to figure out like, what on earth are they fighting over? Like, what's going on here? And so um, spiritual warfare, the side that's always going to be involved is you, yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like you as a child of God are fighting something over something. Okay, what could you as a child of God be fighting against? Uh, kind of two options here, right? Um, there's a doctrine in the Bible called original sin. Uh, so if you go back to the account of Genesis, Adam and Eve sin, and that uh, sinfulness is passed on to all of their descendants, right? Go read the book of Romans. You read about this, right? Um, just as like one man transgressions uh, led all of humanity into transgression, right? Like we're born in rebellion against God. It's important to know that we were not called sinners because we commit sin, we commit sin because we are sinners. We're born sinners. That's our natural state, right? So, but as a child of God, that sinful state, or maybe you could call uh, the sinful part of our nature, our sinful nature doesn't belong uh, in us as a child of God. Um, that's why Paul says we, we should be a new creation. So then, uh, but uh, and then Paul also lays out in Romans 7 that we do still fight against that sinful nature. And he in that he very much uh, uses language that describes an inward battle, okay? So you could say that one side in this warfare is yourself as a child of God, and the other side is your sinful nature, the, this part of you that wishes to do wrong, right? So that's one option. The other option, the other side that you might be fighting against, the other force that you might be fighting against um, are other spiritual beings, right? And so, sorry, that's why we we qualify the word warfare with word spiritual, spiritual warfare. This isn't a physical thing, isn't our bodies going out fighting with swords or guns or what have you. Uh, this is our spirits, our inward selves, our minds, hearts, personalities, wills, desires, right? Everything about us that makes us us is our spirit. And so that's fighting against other spiritual things. Um, and so there could be other spirits. Uh, the Bible talks a lot about these spirits. It calls them demons. It calls them unclean spirits. It calls them fallen angels, all these sorts of things. Right. Um, and so you could be fighting against a force like that. If you want to know more about that, uh, listen to last week's episode. Uh, it's called, Can Christians Be Demonized? We unpack that concept a lot more. But we'll just say very briefly that um, as a believer, you may be fighting against a spiritual being an evil spiritual being called a demon. Um, Okay, so now you've kind of got two options of what you could be fighting against. Then you have to ask yourself, what are we fighting over? And I think we were talking, Quinn, we said, 
the the best way I can come up with to phrase it is that you're fighting over who you will worship, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. the point of life, you know, to glorify God and enjoy him forever, you could maybe even summarize that even more to say worship of God, right? Um, and so every everybody worships something or someone, right? Everybody, you will not find somebody who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the question is who are you going to worship or what are you going to worship and so your sinful nature may want you to worship your lustful desires or your greedy desires or your um hate-filled desires um demons will often uh push you in similar directions right or to or 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 maybe even more often to worship your fearful desires to give into fear to give into shame all those sorts of things god wants you to worship him right and when we say worship we mean something that rules your life something you commit your life to so you're committing your life to living in fear or to living in anger to living in lust or you committing your life to living in god right Mm -hmm. and so when we say spiritual warfare we mean um fighting a we're, we mean you're actually fighting against something else over something. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's the best way I can unpack that. Is, do you have any questions from that, Quinn? Anything that was maybe a bit unclear or? No, I no, I, I like, I think you unpacked that very well. Um, yeah. yeah, I think there's there's um, some good verses as well that we can kind of look at. Sure, um, yeah, what, what do we got there? I think just, I mean, first of all, look at, Second Corinthians 10, mm. um, it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy so- strongholds. Nice. Um, and yeah, I think that that can kind of speak to, um, yeah, we when when he says we're waging war, oh my goodness, almost Bible my Bible. Um, Sacrilege. Um, for the weapons are, are not of the flesh, but have divine power uh strongholds i i think he can mean like that that other other spirit i guess you would say um that we're fighting against would you say chase let me just read the verse for myself here quickly. okay for though we walk in the flesh we not we should war according to the flesh um so so again so paul paul uses the word uh flesh in like in kind of a few different ways in the in the Bibles, right? He, uh, in, in, sorry, in his in his letters, um, he can use it in in the in referring to our sinful nature, um, or he can refer he can he can use it to refer to like physical things. And I, I think the sense he uses the word flesh in this passage is physical things, because if you read verse five, he says, "We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought." captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Um, but he also talks about strongholds. So I, I think he's actually hitting both here, right? Because strongholds mm-hmm. in, in the sense, Paul, so he says like, do not let the sun go down in your anger, lest the enemy gain a, gain a foothold within you or a stronghold within you. Um, and so to destroy strongholds means to destroy like these um, hooks uh, that, uh, evil spirits can have within you, right? Uh, but Paul also talks about taking your thoughts captive uh, to Christ um, to destroy opinions raised against God. Um, that seems to me to point much more towards a more personal side of things, less fighting against something that is um, outside of yourself and more fighting against something that is very closely related to you. And that's your sinful nature. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, so I think he's actually hitting both there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I guess the one that we had kind of talked about before was uh, Ephesians 6. Mm, yeah. Um, Ephesians 6, 12. We're going to get into the armor of God later. Yeah, um, yeah we, we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, we just kind of want to look at the, the spiritual warfare, uh, spiritual warfare yeah. part of it, and then we can, we'll break down um, the armor of God in a bit. Sure. Um, Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? I think it makes it really clear that... Um, that there are spiritual realities to evil things, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that like the like God doesn't want us to be blind to that or ignorant to that. So clearly it matters that there are these evil spirits out there. It, it clearly matters that they are very interested in us and not in a nice way. Um, and so I think maybe it helps you be on, and, and this is part of what he says, right? He says, um, in verse 11, he, he talks, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Just to stand against is a very active thing, right? Um, so perhaps um, Paul's point here is that he wants us to be very active, present, aware, ready, um, not passive, relaxed, uncaring, right? Uh, if, if you know there's an enemy out there, you you, you don't just lounge around. You, you're, you're ready to go at any moment, right? Yeah. And so um, the knowing about the reality of these things that we are wrestling against, rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, spiritual forces of evil, um, that that forces you to go like, for, first of all, you, you have to realize that there are these things outside of yourself. There are these personalities um, with with like with strength, right? Like he says, cosmic powers, spiritual forces, like these things aren't weak. Um, they're, they're very, very powerful. Um, and so, yeah, I would just say that maybe he, he's making us aware, making us ready to fight those battles. Um, and yeah, and we, we, we can get into like discerning that a little bit, or there's lots of places you can go with that. But um, per- perhaps uh, one of the main things you can get from that passage is that uh, you need to know these things exist. Um, you will, I, I, it's very ridiculous to think that you'll never encounter one um, mm-hmm. and that they are uh, coming for you as well. And so you need to be active and ready against that, right? Like just mm-hmm. because you're a believer doesn't mean you get to slouch off. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So I guess the question that I want to ask you is, um, how does spiritual warfare look in our lives or how, how does it present ourselves sometimes in in our own day-to-day lives? Right. Does that, does that make sense for you? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, let me see here. So I think maybe this is a good time to get into the armor of God a little bit. Do you want to, do you want to read that passage in Ephesians 6 for us? Uh, then we can just, uh, maybe unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll read a little bit here. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 
Uh, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over his this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. That is a passage just worth meditating on for the rest of your life. So I think we've all heard, like maybe if you if you grew up in church, you've I'm sure maybe you heard some Sunday school songs about the armor of God. Yep. You did one of the lessons where you like um, got to like cut out like a breastplate and like a sword and all those things and you got to color them in and label them all. And you had to make sure you labeled them rightly and then maybe you got to like tape it onto your shirt and you thought it was just the best thing ever, right? <laughs> like, I, and, and I, th- I think maybe part of the problem with that as good as it is for kids to know stuff like that is that um i have never seen it treated more seriously than that right i've treated i've seen it treated in more in more in depth but i've never seen it treated more seriously than that i don't think we should take i don't think we should stop talking about it at the metaphor right because paul uses this metaphor to try to describe it um, in a in a way we can understand it better, um, but then we just stick with the metaphor and we don't actually talk about what he's trying to say. Um, so why does Paul use this metaphor of armor, protection, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that's that's about as simple as it is, right? Like he, he uses this metaphor of armor because armor is something a soldier would wear in battle for protection. Okay, so then we when we read all these things like. You know, you could say helmet of righteousness and breastplate of salvation. And it's like, oh, you mix them up. That's wrong. It's like, no, it's not like the 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 it, it the point isn't what he identifies those things with, right? It, mm-hmm. Like the point isn't that the breastplate is righteousness and the helmet is salvation. He he he's just he, the reason he lists individual pieces of armor is because he's linking all these things to this one concept. He's mm-hmm. insane like salvation protects your head and righteousness protects your torso. That's not his point. His point is that both of those things protect you. Yeah. Okay. So, so when when we read this, we need to kind of break through the metaphor a little bit to actually understand what he's saying. And so, I, I just, I'm maybe I, I, I don't mean to be irritated <laughs> about this, um, but just growing up in church so much, and he, I like you hear this talked about all the time, and everybody talks about it in a way that just like really doesn't make sense, right? Like they talk about righteousness as if it is a breastplate. It's like he's, it's not what it's not what he, it's not what he's saying, right? So. So like, let's look at, let's look at these, each of these things. He says, stand there for, oh, maybe we should just start in verse 13. He says, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. 
all of these things, what do they all lead to? They lead you to be able to stand firm as a child of God. Mm -hmm. So these aren't impersonal pieces of metal that we strap onto ourselves. These are living, breathing realities that sustain our life. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what does he say? Stand therefore. That's interesting. He uses a very active verb, stand. You need to be present, active, fighting. Mm -hmm. Okay, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying in the spirit with prayer and supplication, keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for all of the saints. Okay, let's 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 take these things he's actually talking about. He's talking about what what protects us, what gives us life, what allows us to stand in the face of evil. Truth, righteousness, readiness given by the gospel of peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. Though that is what he's talking about. Paul doesn't like care about armor. Like he says, we're not fighting a physical battle. Like I I think maybe it's a beautiful passage. I think people have confused it so much though. Paul is actually talking about these things. So let's maybe, maybe we can try to unpack how all these things relate to the Christian life. And then I think we'll see very quickly how they relate to spiritual warfare. Because I think like you said, Quint, spiritual warfare is something you fight every single day. Um, And so how do these things relate to the daily integral living as a Christian? Spiritual warfare, um, really, you could, it's just part of Christian living, right? Mm-hmm. Like to crucify the flesh every day. Like that's what it means to live for God. That That's, that's, what we're doing while we're on earth is becoming more and more like Jesus. And so mm-hmm. this is just another part of that. And uh, yeah, so maybe we can get into that a little bit. Um, okay, so let, let's take this. Belt of truth. Truth. How truth, how does truth sustain us? How does truth uphold us in the face of evil, in the face of wrongness? Um, truth fights against shame, Truth fights against guilt. Why? Um, you know, I marked Romans for a reason. Let me let me quickly flip there. Romans 8. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So the truth is that we are children of God, that we begin with a spirit of adoption and the Holy Spirit with our own spirit bears witness to that. Why is that important? Why does Paul put so much emphasis on that? Why does he include those words, Abba, Dad, Father? Why? Because we are so prone to losing sight of our position before God. Mm -hmm. We are so prone to being overwhelmed by by waves of shame and guilt and, and, and like 
as sinners, rightly so. Like we deserve wrath, but we need to come under the understanding that that wrath has been satisfied by Jesus, that we are now children of God, that we are loved dearly by him, that we get to call him father, that we are heirs with Christ. And so when you feel fear, when you feel, am I really saved? When you feel shame, when you feel I don't belong, when you feel I don't, I'm not good enough, the Holy Spirit says, you're, you're my child. You are a child of God. God loved you so much that the Son came down and died for you. Not only died, but bore the wrath of the Father bore separation from the father for your sake that is how important you are you are not important like like you are relying on importance from the wrong thing you are trying <laughs> to find importance inherent within yourself from dust you came into dust you will return why are you important not because of what you are but because of who loves you mm-hmm. okay so how does the belt of truth help us how does truth help us in our daily life as Christians. Like when, when, when a, in Second Corinthians 12, when, when, a, when a messenger of Satan comes to harass Paul, he goes to Jesus again and again, and he says, Lord, take this thorn from my flesh. And Jesus tells him to be satisfied in where he is. And he tells him that his power is made perfect in Paul's weakness. And so Paul fighting that battle could have could have gone uh, like like God doesn't love me. I'm not good enough. Like I'm I'm not holy enough because this this thing is causing me pain. I'm being tempted. I'm being afflicted. But John in his epistle, First John he, three, he says, "When our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts." So truth. How does truth uphold us in our spiritual walks? It says you are no longer what you were. You've been transferred out of the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God. You are a child of God and you get to live in the confidence of that. So truth, wildly important. What do you think of that? Yeah. And I think uh, as we remind ourselves, I mean, it's a, it's a daily act. We, we can't just, um, yeah. I mean, like Chase kind of mentioned, he's like, we have to constantly choose God. Yeah. Right. It's a constant battle against our own flesh. Yes. Right. And, And that's where we need this armor of God. That's where we need the belt of truth to remind us of the foundational truths that God has built that that he created us with. He loves us mm-hmm. so often, so often we forget that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go back to Romans 8 at, at the, verse 38 to 39 says, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, n- nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When Amazing. We, when we cling to that truth, mm-hmm. I, I might be just echoing what Chase said. When we cling to that truth, it it works. It works wonders in your life. Yeah. When you remember that God loves you, there's, there's a song called "Canvas and Clay." It says, "Lord, when I doubted, Lord, when I doubted, remind me I'm wonderfully made. You're an artist and a potter, and I'm the canvas and the clay." Yeah. We have to remember that God is going to work everything. Yeah. We have to remember that these, this these lies that we might believe about ourselves, there's there's a way out. Mm. And we we must remember that. And we have to actively choose to put on that belt of truth, so-called, yeah. Yeah. and choose that. Yeah. 
That's good. Okay, so next, Paul says righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. That's the one everybody always remembers, or maybe sword of the spirit. Everybody knows sword of the spirit and breastplate of righteousness, and then some people get confused after that. So righteousness, what does righteousness mean? Right living. It means living correctly. There is a wrong way to live, and there is a right way to live. And so righteousness means that means to live correctly. So, for example, to maybe wrap our heads around the concept real quick, uh, we talk about how Jesus' righteousness Mm -hmm. is transferred to us. That's part of salvation, right? Like, when we go before God, um, Jesus not only took on our sin, but gave us his righteousness. That, like... And that's why we emphasize that Jesus lived a perfect life because Jesus lived in righteousness. He lived correctly. And so that perfect record is given to us. Um, That's how God will see us on judgment day, right? He will see Christ's righteousness on us and we're ushered into heaven. Okay, while we're on earth, what does righteousness mean? It means we need to live rightly. It means we Mm -hmm. need to live correctly. We do not live wrongly. And so... To live right, I mean, I would just go to the Sermon on the Mount. Um, that, that's the place I would go. That's like the handbook of the kingdom of God. That That is like the family rules of the family of God, right? Like that is how you behave as a child of God. Um, and so so what does Jesus talk about? Giving to the poor, um, being humble in spirit, praying, fasting, all these different things. You live your life righteously. Um, so maybe we can quickly circle back to the idea of protection. How does that protect us? How does that sustain us? How does that make us able to stand firm in this evil day? Um, again, I'll, uh, I'll quote Paul, do not let the sun go down on, an ang- on your anger, lest the enemy gain a foothold within you. Um, when we live sinfully, when we live wrongly, when we indulge in our sinful desires, we leave ourselves open to attack. John says like, no one who keeps on sinning is of God. No one who habitually practices sin, like happily desiring to, uh, can be of God. So one of the marks of a child of God is that that we hate sin, and that doesn't mean we we don't we sorry that doesn't mean we stop committing it. That you can read Romans seven to learn more about that. Um, you can hate the sin you do and still continue to practice it, but in practicing that sin, you leave yourself open to attack. Right? It's like uh, if righteousness is right living, and you don't have righteousness, uh, and we're going with the metaphor of armor, you could say that now there's this hole in your armor because you're not you're not wearing this one piece. Um, and so that that's a place where arrows to get in. And so righteousness means right living, living correctly, living for God, making good decisions, refraining from sin, actively doing good. Those things make God, oh, like, it, I mean, it, it pleases God. It brings you in line with the spirit. Uh, it may, like you become more like Christ. Uh, all these things, like those are all good things. You learn more about what it means to be a child of God. You please your heavenly father all the more. Um, so of course that, like as a Christian, like that, like as a child of God, what more could you want than to please your father? Uh, so yeah, so lots of stuff plays into that. But, but what do you think about that idea of righteousness and how it sustains and uplifts us in our walk? Yeah, I think, I, I definitely think that righteousness, when when we when we commit to it, when we commit as as much as we can to be like, man, I, I just want to live for God mm-hmm. fully. It means putting off these unrighteous things or, yeah. or earthly desires. Paul yeah. talks about that in Colossians. I mean, yeah. He says here, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Yeah. Um, 
you, you can't live in those. But instead, he says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. Can, can we pause on that? Could you, could you read the bad list again? Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start from up top. Yeah. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covet, and covetousness, which is idolatry. But now you must put them all away. And he, he lists some more. Um, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. Um, I mean, we could have our hands full for the rest of our lives, I think, just trying to stamp that out yeah. within us, right? Like anger. Whoa, simple word, common word. Why is it common? Because everybody indulges in that, right? Like 100%. Um, slander. Do you talk badly about people behind their back? Do you drag their reputations through the mud? Do you make unfounded claims about people? This is all related to gossip. Um, sexual immorality. Um, are you engaged in immoral sexual activity? Um, are you engaged in lusting after somebody who like isn't your spouse? Um, man, we could have our hands full just, I mean, go read Augustine, right? Like, man, like the chains that are on you when you in, engage in that malice. Um, do, do you, do you wish bad things to happen to people? Uh, I, 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 I mean, I know for myself, uh, like I, malice is one of those things that maybe isn't talked about so much, right? Like that word mm -hmm. malice, it's like, oh, malice. That's that's a nice, just off the cuff kind of word. It's like, it's just kind of out there. And then that's it. Malice, like, do you wish bad things to happen to people? And sometimes, I mean, this is kind of a silly example. It's like, let's say someone cuts you off when you're driving. You're like, oh, I want that person to crash into a ditch. Yikes. You're way more malicious than me, Quinn. I would never. No. <laughs> that, yeah, no, no, honestly though, right? Like, um, do like I, I know in myself I, and I've tried to catch myself a lot better with this because um it's something that as an unbeliever just I just like just that's just what you engage in right like you wish bad things to happen to people often not not because you're trying to be evil but because they've hurt you or because um they they've done things that you look down on or or you don't like them very much and you just genuinely it makes you happy when bad things happen to them right i've experienced that so much i'm still fighting against that as a believer now and so like 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 let's just pause on righteousness like that like it is such a high calling to live righteously before god so we could like, and, and there's just like all that, like trying to stamp out all that behavior, but God doesn't just say, don't do these things. Could you read maybe a little bit of that list? So like, this is what we need. This is what we need to do instead. This is what we need to replace those bad things with. Yeah. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Kindness. Are we kind people? Do do we wish the best for people? Do we wish the people we dislike to be to be loved by God dearly? Humility. What do we think about ourselves in relation to other people? Um, what 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 are our dreams? What are our desires? Um, meekness. Do do we need to be the center of attention? Do we need to be the best at something? Are we okay being fools for Christ? Are we okay like? knowing that we like oh maybe maybe it's like do, 
do we feel we deserve God's love? Do we feel these things are owed to us? Are we broken by God's love? Forgiving others the way Christ forgave you. That is, I I do not know anybody who has ever fulfilled that calling. Mm -hmm. Um, To forgive others as Christ forgave you. Jesus loved us most when we were at our worst, right? Mm -hmm. Like, to forgive somebody the way Christ forgave you is to forgive somebody who's hurt you more than anybody else ever will. Not only to forgive them, but to love them dearly and to give up yourself for them. It's somebody who takes everything from you and then you give them the rest, mm-hmm. right? Like that. Like that's what Jesus did for us. Um, and, and I don't, like, yeah, there, there's lots of ways you can interpret that and all, but... Uh, uh, we can go on for that. Um, so, so anyways, yeah, righteous living. Very good. Um, okay, so we've got truth, righteousness, readiness given by the gospel of peace. I don't know exactly how much time we have left in the show, but maybe we'll go over that one. For, I don't want to skip it. We can go over that one for now. Let's talk about faith. He talked about the shield of faith. What does faith mean? Um, how does faith sustain us and uplift us in our christian walk Mm -hmm. what do you think yeah what what, what is like what is faith and what does it mean for us yeah i think when we when we think about faith it's it's having this belief would you say um in god having this belief that he can do all things conquer all things and and not just gonna leave us there Mm. right not just gonna leave us there in the dumps just not just gonna just like when when we're hurting god's just gonna just going to leave us there. It's having this faith and this hope and this knowledge that God is there for us. Yeah. Having this, um, yeah, I guess that's that. That's what's coming to my head no, it's right okay. now. Faith is a faith is a choice to essentially. You could say faith is a choice to live for God. Um, faith is a choice to place your hope in God. Faith is a choice to pursue God at the expense of everything else. Faith is confidence in the character of God. Faith is this outliving of complete, like being completely won over by God that springs from a love of who he is. Yeah, faith is powerful. We've talked about faith in a few of our other episodes, and I'd love to get into it more here. But um, faith, yeah, faith, faith isn't a psychological certainty. I don't think it's it's much more of a living out love. Helmet of salvation. How does our salvation uphold and secure us in our lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say it definitely. It helps us definitely in a in a mindset front, I guess. Sure. Maybe, um, and I'll explain myself. And and with that, in my head, that kind of means like the salvation of knowing that you're a child of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think when, when we kind of get into that mindset, it's like, I am actually a child of God. Yeah. I am saved by grace, yeah. not by anything that I've done, but what Jesus has done and accomplished on the cross. Yeah. When we recognize that, when we know that we are saved, that that helps us fight mm-hmm. against spiritual warfare. It helps us because it's like, actually, 
I, I, I can fight this. Yeah. I've got God on my side with me. He's not, like I said, he's not going to leave us there. He's actually going to help us. He's going to be there step by step, right yeah. by our side. Yeah. And that is that can be a game changer for so many people. Absolutely, yeah. Salvation, um, also, also like sal- salvation is a. It, it, there, there are several aspects of salvation, right? Like, there's the one and done. You've like justification is the word. You've been justified. You are in right legal standing before God. But then there's this, uh, like you said, Quinn. There's the adoption, uh, which is so beautiful. You are a child of God. And then there's sanctification, this ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. You are being conformed, molded, transformed, renewed into the image of Christ. Those those who believe in Jesus are a new creation. You are to put on Christ. So, um, the helmet of salvation you are, there's a few things. You're secure before God. Jesus said, no one will snatch my sheep out of my hand. You are a child of God. So there's all the confidence and privileges that come along with that. And then you are being sanctified by God. The Holy Spirit is with you. He carries you through times of trouble. He bears witness with your spirit. He is changing your desires and dreams and hopes and all these different things about yourself. So salvation uh, upholds and sustains us in in so many ways. It it is the truth that we have been put into the kingdom of God. And then sort of the spirit, which is the word of God, the Bible, um, the Bible, more practical stuff in the Bible. Go listen to episode four, how to study the Bible. Um, We've talked about the word of God and it's powered our lives. I think many, many times so far on the podcast. So I don't know if we need to um, expose on it right now, but just the word of God's daily impact on our lives, um, incalculable, absolutely incalculable. Being in the word every single day for an hour, two hours, hours at a time in the word of God will just like it's that it will renew your mind it will transform your mind it will change who you are as a person to become more like jesus and that is just beautiful so uh, maybe to recap what is spiritual warfare it is one side fighting against another side over something you fighting over your sinful nature or against other actual evil spirits fighting over who you will worship will you worship god or will you worship something else how do we fight spiritual warfare? Um, it is it is a not not this specific thing that we, it's not like a switch that we turn on when we need to. Um, the way Paul speaks of it, it is something that we are always ready for. Um, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. He doesn't mean he doesn't like. We're, it's not just something that we do sometimes. It is just part of our lives as Christians. So what do we live in with these things? We live in truth. We live in righteousness. We live in readiness given by the gospel of peace. We live in faith. We live in salvation and we live in the word of God and we live in prayer and supplication and we live in perseverance. That is what it means to fight for God. That is what it means to fight with God, to fight with truth, righteousness, peace, 
faith, salvation, the word of God, prayer, supplication, and perseverance. Beautiful, beautiful things. Um, anything you want to say and show thoughts just to wrap it up? Yeah, I think when we look at spiritual warfare, I mean, there's there's so much to get into. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, yeah, I think, I think something else that um, to note is that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us has to make this daily choice to follow God. Yeah. We have to choose, are we going to put on um, right the, the breastplate of righteousness? Yeah. Are we going to choose to live rightly for mm-hmm. God? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it, it's, it's hard to. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like we can't always um, do it. Um, but through that, pray. Yeah. Prayer, prayer can work can work wonders through that. Bring it to a community if you're struggling with certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I would end off with. Awesome. Uh, so happy Halloween to everybody. <laughs> um, if you want to hear more of our thoughts on maybe some of the the aspects of s- the spiritual realm, uh, evil spirits, uh, kind of more about that, listen to last week's episode uh, called Can Christians Be Demonized? Uh, just definitely, I mean, maybe this is a bit silly, but I just definitely want to encourage everybody to be safe on Halloween if you are going out. Um and uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going to be coming out next week, but we'll figure it out at some point. So yeah. um, happy holidays to everybody, um, and we will see you next week. See ya.